0: Hi Esther, Hi, Holly. <laughs> this is the fourth time we've tried to record this interview. i will say that this last time was my fault but the other three were not so no the other three were me mispronouncing last names the last time was esther's fault we just finished recording with nancy hendrickson who is the author of ancestral tarot uncover your past and chart your future esther yes It
1: was so fun. Absolutely loved every moment talking with Nancy. It was one of the, I think, one of my favorite interviews that we've done with a person on the podcast.
0: Here's the thing we did not know Nancy before an hour and a half ago. Yeah. Two hours ago at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I love her and want her to be around me all the time from like a regular guest host. Yeah. And she Nancy was so fun to talk to and it is just such a great chat that we had with her we talked to her for like almost two hours. Yeah, we're gonna try to make this episode a regular length episode but Nancy has decades of experience with genealogy and tarot. She's also the author author of several genealogy books. Um, but this book is about the intersection between genealogy and tarot. And if you're not somebody who's into genealogy, this is still a interview and a book that could work for you because it is not about genealogy in the way that we think of it as. Yes, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nancy accidentally made Esther cry twice. Spoiler alert! Yes, that did happen, uh, and will never Esther happen again. Esther is tearful. <laughs> it will never happen again. However. It is such a good conversation, yeah. And it is definitely worth listening to. And we cannot wait to hear how you feel about this book and how you feel about our chat with Nancy. And yeah, so yeah, we love you and enjoy let's the episode. Do it, yeah. yeah, exactly. It was amazing. You can find her either on Instagram or. At sageandshadow.com, we'll link both in the show notes if you want to track her down. She is Mm -hmm. an amazing, giving, lovely person, and we're so grateful for our time to talk with her. So go check out our show notes for more ways to get in touch with her, and I hope that you enjoy our chat with her. And everyone should be alerted to it. Yes. (laughs) All right. Well, hi, Nancy. Hey, how are
2: you doing?
0: Good to see you guys. We are so so excited to talk to you about this book. It is so cool. Super excited to talk about this.
2: I am so happy to be here. It it has been a long haul because I had to cancel once. So I'm really happy (laughs) to be back.
0: Yeah, that's totally okay, okay, though. The world is happening now all of a sudden around us (laughs) and stuff happens. It's totally fine. (laughs) We went from all being like, oh, I haven't left my house for like months and months and months to suddenly sometimes some of us being able to leave our houses. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Hey, listen, I, I had lunch at a restaurant today for the first time in a year. Oh, my
1: goodness. How did you feel? It was so weird
2: to be there. It was so weird Uh, what was your first
1: meal on the outside i have to know big freaking hamburger oh yeah yes good choice
0: i feel like there's some things that you can make on your own that are just never going to be as good as somebody else making it for you and that's one of those things never (laughs) ever never (laughs) ever i know i
1: love it burger so good
0: Oh. Yeah, Esther, meanwhile, living in Korea is like, if anyone could make me a burger, I'd be thrilled. <laughs> like a
1: real authentic burger, not something that's kind of been Frankensteined into a burger. Oh, God. <laughs> That'd be nice. So
0: so Nancy wrote the book Ancestral Tarot, Uncover Your Past and Chart Your Future. And we have talked about ancestral work a little tiny, tiny bit on the podcast before. And I feel that this book has helped me realize the extent to which I should be utilizing ancestral work in a way that I was kind of unable to do before. Esther, how do you feel about it?
1: I loved reading this book because it kind of gave me direction in my own practice where I've had a practice kind of going on, but this helps like funnel all that energy and direct it into a productive way instead of just kind of trying to gather things and make something that I'm not sure what's going on. If that makes any sense. So it was a really, <laughs> even though I've been doing ancestral work, this was a great focusing point for me. Like, I really love this book so much.
0: Yeah. yeah. So Nancy, yeah. what, what, what was your start? Was it tarot or ancestral work? Like what led into the other for you?
2: Ancestral since I was a little kid, <gasps> uh, only because I grew up in a family of storytellers Oh, cool. So I always heard stories about, you know, my grandmother's grandfather. And I mean, back and back and back. Although, as I said to you a little earlier, before we started recording, you don't actually have to know those people. I just happened to. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Uh, I, I got into tarot when I was about 20. And, um, you know, it, it, it was a natural matchup for me. Mm-hmm. But it took all these years for a publisher to actually say,
0: oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I do think that's an important thing to emphasize is that, and we'll get to this probably later as we sort of go through the book a little bit more, but one of Nancy's entire premise, not even one of them, the entire premise of the book is that it doesn't have to be literal biological ancestors for it to be valuable and ancestral work. Oh, mm-hmm. and. Th- But I do think that a lot of us are led to ancestral work through either our grandparents or somebody in our family or some draw to maybe like more, I guess, literal ideas of ancestors. And that's actually one of the reasons why I have never been much of an ancestral person is that I grew up in a family that had a lot of. Very wild women, and I w- my family is fully matriarchal. I have generation upon generation of these badass women, and yet still none of them felt that esoterically connected to me. And so, in the first reading of this book, I really did have that moment of like, oh, there are all these different types of ancestors, even though I love those women, they're all so cool and so inspiring. They don't necessarily have to be spiritual guides the way that i've always sort of pressured that idea in my brain
2: yeah they totally do not but i do have i actually have this belief which of course i can't prove but <laughs>
0: eh, who needs to
2: <laughs> yeah i i really believe that we all every single one of us especially in tarot or metaphysics or healing i think we all had magical ancestors yeah I'm positive that we did. And I've been playing with some tarot spreads that, you know, I'm going to put up on my site or on Instagram. And that is, how do you find the magical ancestor? Mm, yeah, because yeah. it's the ones we want to tap in with. Yeah. And another thing too, and, and I, I'm pretty sure I said this in the book, if you go back to the time of Shakespeare, which is only you know it's 500 years which is a blink of the eye in in yeah. human time mm-hmm. you have o- you have over a million direct ancestors
0: you do mention that and i yeah. found that such a strong point because it's 100% true and our ideas of what our immediate ancestors were like mm-hmm. there's so much socio-cultural pressure on those people in the past to live their lives in certain ways that of course they're not going to document in ways that we would recognize as being like esoteric or even whimsical, to be honest. (laughs) Like there are all of these people who are pressured into being, you know, by the books for whatever reason and whatever their current situation is. And there is a whole section where you talk about sort of like a family tree almost. And I know that I don't want to focus on just like biological ancestry, but There is a section where you talk about a sort of like a family tree method of reading for ancestors that I found so interesting because I think that it comes off of the tail end of talking about like letting your ancestors come to you. Mm -hmm. And I do think that it can be really helpful for people who are brand new to ancestor work to say, okay... I have a very clear view of what ancestors mean, and that is biological ancestors. So here's a family tree, and here's me pulling cards for all of those people on that family tree to see which ones are willing to work with me.
2: You know what's really freaky when you do that? And in the book, it only we only went back a few generations. If you could, it go back six, seven, eight generations, and let's say that you say, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to choose my dad's paternal line. So mm-hmm. dads, 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 and you'll see this really interesting pattern of swords, 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 swords. And then, then all of a sudden there's a guy who's a cup or a uh, wand. And, yeah. and then here's the really cool part. Then you look at the cards of who he married because it changed the pattern of the family. Interesting. Oh, it, it's so fascinating. Uh, It's like, oh, my God, it's like mind blown that Mm -hmm. how did this happen? How did this cup guy end up with all these sword guys? (laughs) Well, he he or, you know, he married a queen of cups.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And I do think that there's so many of our ancestral people who broke their own family mold. And then now, as we like know what healthier relationships look like, it's easy to say, everyone who was alive in the 18th century has to have been a terrible whatever xyz yeah
2: and not so because if you go back a couple hundred years people got a lot less hung up on crap that that we put up with or our parents put up with i don't know how we became became so conservative over the last (laughs) hundred years Because, Mm -hmm. you know, our families weren't always that way. If you read books written a couple hundred years ago, you know, they were pretty risque. Yeah. yeah.
0: And they didn't have what, like a family unit that we would consider old timey people having those family units that didn't exist.
2: Exactly. And they may or may not have been married. And, you know, it's (laughs) I I can't believe, you know, and I think Esther, you said that you had a conservative family. Yes. yes. Um, in part of the book, you know, I, I talk a lot about breaking out of those molds. And, yeah. And not only a conservative family mode, but the abusive family mode, the addictive yeah, yeah. family mode. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's so much you can do.
0: Yes. I think that that's one of the reasons why when I picked up this book, I was like, I need to talk to Nancy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, good. Because a lot of it really is like, it's kind of about like, no, I don't want to, it's not like a, like, you know, everything's easy. Everything's mm-hmm. fine. Ignore the problems of the past. It's really like the whole premise of the book is like, your goal is not to solve these past people's problems. It's Mm -hmm. to be able to use them now in order to help you grow now. And I don't, I I think that that can kind of sound selfish when you just say it that way, but it's basically saying like, don't get like everyone has complicated family histories and you don't have to rely on your family history to be the arbiter of if you can use ancestral work to grow not at all.
2: Absolutely not. And, and, you know, let's say that your grandparents were wicked or your, who knows your mom, who knows Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that three or four generations back is somebody who is like your cheering section Mm -hmm. because my experience in working with the ancestors is on the whole, they want us to be happy and successful.
0: Yes. And I loved that part of the book when you really emphasize the, uh, unlikelihood that our ancestors are lying to us. Mm-hmm. And I would love to hear more about that. Yes, that was a page I highlighted very, very much.
2: I don't think that, I think they don't have a, a, our concept of time or our concept of relationship. You know, it's like I was your third great uncle. I don't think that matters in spirit. You know, if they can say we're related or I was your dad, grandpa's best friend you know they might yeah but they just don't have that same sense we do they're much more interested in just saying how can i help you you know i want you to be happy let's get you happy i i I just drew a card because i was curious what the ancestors had to say i drew the six of cups (laughs) six of which is which is the happy the happy kid you know yeah yeah happy kid card and I know, I know everybody didn't have a happy childhood. I mean, yeah. you know that, but, and I don't try and go back and solve ancestral problems. I know that's a waste, but I do want to be happy in my own life. Mm-hmm. Well, and
0: also solving ancestral problems is basically impossible because you can't, there's no way to know the nuances of what they were feeling at the time. Even if it's somebody that you have a sort of ancestral relationship with, no, not yet. Sorry, dog feeding time over <laughs> okay. here in the Easley household. Uh, Mac, did, Mac did not get dinner, just so everyone knows. Uh-huh. She, okay, she will now. My baby dog. Um, but I do think that it's like interesting to think about the fact that like we can want to, especially, this is maybe like sort of like a personal thing, but especially as the child of mostly white ancestors it's really easy to think ancestral work means resolving the trauma that our white ancestors may have like brought upon other people and i and that's kind of the context that we've talked about it on the podcast before is like as white people how can our ancestral work not involve like you know pretty traumatizing yeah components of old people yeah (laughs) So the interesting thing about that, though, is that I do think that it's important to say, like, you know, I can try to, I, I guess, separating it, like being like, I can try to resolve the trauma that my ancestors might have inflicted on other people and however that ended up happening. But then also separate that from the larger idea of a more general ancestor and how they can influence us positively. I mean, probably not the same people, but maybe, who knows? I mean, mm-hmm. it's a whole other <laughs> world of people uh to like make it so that we can delve deeper into like our connections with the spirit you know Mm -hmm. and like i am not somebody who's comfortable with talking about spirit despite my position (laughs) as a podcaster about tarot uh you'd think i'd be more comfortable (laughs) with it but i do think it's interesting and i think that that's what's so cool about this is that it's not like saying our ancestors are flawless it's saying we can acknowledge our ancestors flaws and yet still utilize their influence in ways that are useful.
2: Absolutely. Do you know what one of my favorite things is to draw a card for and ask an ancestor? I will be working with an ancestor and I will draw a card with the question, what do you wish you would have done differently while you were Ooh. living?
0: Nancy, I love that.
2: Because it. I'm getting goosebumps right now. Mm-hmm. Um, It is so powerful to ask that question.
0: Well, and also Esther and I both have grandfathers who were pretty terrible people for one reason or another. I would love to ask Ange Adams, Mr. I had a secret second family that everyone found out about about when I died, what he regrets. I would love to know what he thinks that he regrets.
2: Well, oh, yeah. yeah, and, I, you know, I, I, I don't know if you got this far in the book because it's, it's pretty much down at the end, but, you know, I did uh, the equivalent of an astrological wheel, not, mm-hmm. not, oh, yes. not trying to do astrology, but just trying to see, like, okay, in the area of creativity, here are the cards for my grandfather, who, who I didn't know, here, I didn't know, here are my cards. Yeah. And, and just to see how alike or, or unlike we were. And for me, for me, th- and still to this day, a year after I wrote the book, the messages from this one grandfather is, you work too hard, man. You, yeah. you need to yeah. have more fun.
0: Oh, you're like, sorry, grandpa. I'm still trying to sell <laughs> this book. I will eventually.
2: <laughs> but, you know, I, this guy, from what I've heard, was like, he was this happy-go-lucky just you know doing happy stuff and Mm -hmm. I don't think he worried like I do Yeah. Uh, but uh you know it 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 was interesting to start asking them about what do you wish you'd have done differently Mm -hmm. Uh, and so uh
0: I I do feel like that's a good point to bring up the different types of ancestors that you talk about in the book, which I do think like, because we've talked so much about biological ancestors, mostly my fault because I have this (laughs) crazy backstory, but I, I, one of the things when I first started reading, I was like, I texted Esther, Esther can attest to this. The minute that I started reading it, I was like, Oh, guess what? She breaks down types of ancestors into not just being biological ancestors. Mm-hmm. And that to me is something that sets this book specifically apart from other books that mention ancestral work. Yes.
2: Well, yes. thank you because we have so many ancestors. It's not just blood.
0: Mm-hmm. It can't be. And you're totally no. right. It's it's impossible to think about our literal biological ancestors being the only people who are keeping an eye on us. That's oh, just yeah. impossible
2: that's ridiculous i mean you know one thing i actually didn't write about only because you know books have certain links and publishers <laughs> right. want okay yes. <laughs> it is is the people who were inspiring to you so yeah, um, you know as an author i would put emily dickinson in that category because mm-hmm. i love her uh, and she has always inspired me
0: yeah but so I've been counting that sort of idea because I've thought about this book a lot. I've been counting those sorts of people and ancestors of place
1: because yeah. it's not
0: physical place, but it's sort of emotional place. Like as people who are writing or as people who are creating, creatives can fit into the ancestors of place to me. Mm.
2: Yeah. And were the early, let's go back, oh, let's go back two or three hundred years. Mm-hmm. And let's say that you had uh, some person. Who was very attuned to nature, was a diviner, they cast stones or bones. You can tap into that person. Mm -hmm. You know, if again, you're asking for, give me somebody, please, who can work with me magically or with tarot, with divination. And you can find out a ton of stuff by using tarot if you're willing to really use your uh, intuition. So if you got if you got some guy who was the Knight of Cups, for example, you know that you you tapped into some dreamy, poetic, artistic. I won't call them an ancestor, but I'll call them an ancestor.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. your book. Call them an ancestor, even if they're not anyone you've ever heard of before. They can still mm-hmm. be your ancestor.
2: Yeah, I'm. I've really kind of moved into this since I wrote the book, and I, I another book's on my horizon. I'm really into this whole magical ancestor or love it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, and so I guess that's, so the three ancestors that are talked about in the books are ancestors of blood, ancestors of place and ancestors of time. Right. And when I first saw that distinction, my, I feel like my spirit bloomed. Like Mm -hmm. I had this like kind of realization and opening of my own self of like, yeah, that's exactly what it is. It doesn't yep. have to be a specific like timeline of human beings on this planet Earth who were flawed and tried their best and sometimes failed. Mm-hmm. That is not necessarily the ancestors that we're working with when we talk about ancestral work. And I think that this book is a huge i mean honestly like, i don't want you to feel like i'm just saying it because we're talking to you right now but it <laughs> no. felt hugely hugely influential in that moment of me being like duh holly like of course not right
2: <laughs> well yeah. let me ask you guys something then it, ancestors of time i really talk about past lives be- mm-hmm. because i know i spent lives at other places cuz i yeah. i know i did so do either or both of you relate to a past life somewhere?
0: Absolutely, and that is a part of myself that I have not shared with. I think I think Esther knows because Esther's uh, yeah, you. my like number one girl. I've not shared mine with
1: Holly yet because it was a recent experience. Oh so. yay! Do you feel comfortable <laughs> with it now, or should we uh, not? uh it's
2: okay uh, no
1: well it's it's a new experience for me but i mean like people in my book my life is kind of an open book on the podcast anyway so i'm it's i'm not ashamed of it at all it's just very
0: new listeners don't tell anyone (laughs) yes no (laughs) one can know um
1: so i um for new year i bought myself a like a new year reading with a korean shaman um, she's a korean american hi seo she um produced the oracle deck the morning calm oracle and yes she, who
0: we love we she, talked to it's her, so good Esther talked to her on the podcast
1: um so i had a like a reading from her and she said one of my past lives was a buddhist monk who set themselves on fire um Ooh. for suffering and that my message from that was that in this life i'm not meant to suffer <gasps> that I've already suffered enough in a former life and in in that moment when that when they um the self-immolation self-immolated you know they were not suffering they were doing it for a cause for a purpose and now you don't have to suffer that now I don't have to that in my life here
0: I'm supposed to be happy so oh sorry I don't mean to cry but um, okay Nancy so that was you need a- to know that <laughs> Esther will 100% cut this out of the podcast because she's, she's like a Leo son she's not a big weepy mess no. I'm the weepy mess but Esther I- that's beautiful so it's it was a so that's
1: um I don't uh, like I've not had any flashes of this life whatsoever but this is who came to her during this reading so that's why it's kind of new and still I'm working through that
2: well then, uh, I hope you don't cut this. But if you do, you do. But the question I would ask you then, Esther, is knowing that has it changed how you feel about your life today?
0: Yeah, uh,
1: it has changed my perspective and how. Like I realized, like even in my astrological chart, I think my my Lilith sign is in the sign of suffering. So I always have that sort of. Um, martyrdom martyrdom, and not necessarily self martyrdom, but like that, I will set myself on fire for other things in life, like, um, other people, like I will go to bat for (laughs) other people like a lot and put myself in that suffering position. And so that has freed me like hearing that from her in that past life come forward has freed me from feeling the need to kill myself. others. Right. Exactly. So, um, so that Ugh. has kind of t- transformed my way of my pattern of thinking in and kind of recognizing like, oh, I'm I'm s- sacrificing myself for others in this instance when I don't need to, you and don't kind of setting a boundary. So, you, you know, Esther,
2: can I get can I? Well, I'm going to anyway. That's okay. Go ahead. It's (laughs) fine. Thank
0: you, Nancy. Do it. Thank you. You just have to go over her because she has all these traits where she like doesn't want to share herself. So you just (laughs) have to do it. This
2: is where tarot really is valuable. Mm -hmm. So as you were speaking, uh, the card I drew was the nine of swords, which is the nightmare card.
0: 100%.
2: Okay. Mm -hmm. And so I, I asked about that life, nine of swords, nightmare. And then I, I said so knowing that what can she do next to to get out of that? And I drew the Knight of Cups, and he knows he knows how to give without hurting
1: himself.
2: Mm-hmm. So um, I'm not trying to read for you, and, and I don't want to oh, come no. I don't want to come across that way. Oh, don't
0: you're
1: fine.
2: <laughs> Thanks. Okay. But going from the nightmare scenario, which, you know, it's, I look at this and it's it, in the deck I'm using, all the swords are in her head. Mm. It's all the crap up in her head that's driving. Yeah. yeah. And, the ni- and the Knight of Cups is just, he's such a loving, gentle person and, mm-hmm. he, and he does not hurt himself yeah. Yeah. helping others. Mm-hmm. so uh, it's it's a morphine this is why I love using tarot with this kind of work totally yeah.
0: and Esther, Esther is so good at reading for others but I do and this is like I love Esther beyond all reason <laughs> but I do feel like when she's reading for herself when she gets things that tell her that she needs to allow for more peacefulness or lightness or giving herself a break she doesn't take that as seriously as she does when (laughs) stuff is getting her a harder reading yeah and maybe that's coming from that place of self-immolation of like Mm -hmm. feeling almost like you deserve to be sacrificing yourself and you don't need to be and it's hard because you come from this incredibly conservative christian background where Sacrifice is like better than anything. Like, right. that's the entire Like, post Columbine, all evangelical children in the world who were aware of 1999 were like, <laughs> Oh, I have to always be self sacrificing. That's the way that I'm a good person.
2: Yeah. Well, let me just say, Esther, see, you thought that we were on here to talk about my <laughs> about
0: book. <your> book. <laughs> and here <laughs> I am getting
1: read right in front of everybody. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Crap. Esther,
2: I want <laughs> your tears. Oh. Give
1: me
0: your tears. <laughs>
2: No, but you know what, Esther, I just want to say thank you for sharing that because it is a great example of how tarot can help heal and answer some of these questions.
0: Mm -hmm. And how ancestral work, even if it doesn't look the way. So I think that that's also a huge component is that that's that ancestral work that isn't biological ancestors. Right. Like you have these ancestors who are concerned that you're giving too much of yourself mm-hmm. and that comes through in past life work. And that still counts as ancestral work. Even if you're in your current mode being like, I know that my grandmother or great-grandmother wouldn't be feeling the same way. Right. You have this basis of ancestral work as Nancy lays out in the book that really backs that stuff up. hmm Yeah.
1: It was, it's like, I really enjoyed reading all of like when with this past and social work with as far as time and place, especially because I'm fairly familiar with my like in like probably within five generations, my family background um, from my own research that I've been doing before this. So it was very nice for that to be parsed out and broken down. and especially with the time like, okay, so this is so the, specifically like time, past lives, past experiences in different locations can be relevant within my ancestral work and be included in that. So that was really cool.
0: So uh, one funny thing about the ancestral work, especially related to past lives, is that I saw my mom and my sister a couple weeks ago, and my sister and I are both vaccinated, so that's, like, not part of it, but my mom and sister and I all have specific past lives that we could point to. Really? All three of us. And I do think that that is meaningful because Mm. what are the I mean, just the fact that all three of us are so like my family, my mom is like fully witchy and she's only identified herself that way since I started identifying myself that way. But then I was like, you took me to a full moon circle when I got my first period. So I don't know what you're talking about. And the idea that you were like, like not witchy before I became witchy mom. Yeah. Yeah. But the fact that all three of us could come up with past lives, it like really helps with that sort of ancestor of time thing where it's like, we all should be going to those people who we knew in those past lives and saying like, What can I be bringing now so that those same levels of comfort or peace or whatever that I was able to develop in those past lives are something that I can bring with me today?
2: Yeah, and the other thing I found with those past lives too is is you could be repeating a pattern in your life today that you have repeated through lifetime after lifetime. yeah. Which
0: is what Esther's been saying, like Esther's yeah. repeating pattern is that she feels like she needs to sacrifice so other people can be okay. Right, and,
2: and you know what Esther, and I've heard this from several people, and it may, it, it doesn't, let me back up and say this again. For some people, it may be this pattern of past lives of addiction after addiction after addiction mm-hmm. to some kind of substance, but
1: it, it,
2: we all reach a point of saying i'm going to break this pattern now Yeah, right, i'm right. the one that's going to break the pattern uh, because you don't want to you don't want to be the the self-sacrificing monk in in another lifetime forever
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: yeah well and i'll transition to the spreads in this in that specific section are so good and like there are like i i don't know how many spreads you include in this book but there are it's plentiful so You don't need to read tarot to enjoy this book and start your ancestral work because you do spend time like on sigils and on altars and, you know, connecting and pushing your intuition.
0: (laughs) The sigil, I was telling Esther before Nancy even got on the chat before we started recording, the sigil section reinvigorated something within me that I had not realized I had withdrawn from. I'm so happy
1: to hear that. Yeah.
0: It was amazing. Yeah. But Esther's totally right. There are all these other ways to interact with these ideas without tarot. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are interested <laughs> in tarot anyway. But if you have friends who care a lot about genealogy or, what, yeah. or past lives or whatever, they could also get something out of it because that's there, too.
1: Well, and there's so many tables and associations. I don't even think you would need specifically a full tarot deck, to be honest, to no. do a lot of these things, especially when you're assigning... The court cards to specific ancestors, and you know, I loved that. Yeah, thank yeah. you. <laughs> loved it so much. Well, and it kind of connected something to me. And Holly's gonna be like, "Shut up!" But no, I would no, no, never. No, no. I, mean, I mean, like, no, I mean, like, shut up. Like excited. Shut up. Not oh, like a yeah, yeah, actual. Yeah. Shut up.
0: Oh, like shut the fuck up! Right, I can't right. believe it. Okay, so yeah, if, I'm if, here if for, we're for
1: that. longtime <laughs> listeners, when we first start this podcast. And especially when Holly was drawing the Temperance card for her own spiritual work. Oh and my then the, God! The Temperance card to follow me. It was ridiculous. Nancy, I
0: was getting Temperance <laughs> every single. Uh, we would read on the podcast, and Temperance would pop out just for me. It was like every single time I it pulled was out a tarot ridiculous. card, Temperance would pop out for me, and that was my spirit guides being like, "You're we're here. Please pay attention to us." Right. Every single time. And then it
1: transferred from Holly to me. Okay. And when I would ask who the spirit is, what the spirit is, the page of cups would always come up. Huh. And, and so I was like, well, okay, I'm not pregnant. I'm not having a baby. Like that's not happening. (laughs) I don't know who this page of cups is. And it didn't connect until like I read the book and as well as a reading that I did with, um, the Memento Mori ancestors and advisors deck that has specific cards like that are associated with like grandfather, grandmother, grandmother, things like that. And last week I drew brother and I was like, where is there a brother of mine that is an ancestor? And I remember that I have a, a, my mom miscarried at five months and that he was the ancestor that came forward for me. And this is the page of cups. Because he's a young because kid. Because he's a
0: baby. Right. And that he just
1: wanted to be acknowledged and recognized and that he's kind of been the one sort of excited for me on this journey of, like, blossoming and writing the book and stuff. So that connected to me reading the book. I hold
0: you to my bosom. <laughs> because Esther's like, and honestly, they might be listening now, so we can't even talk shit about Esther's siblings anymore because she finally came out to them as being into this. But you don't have an existing sibling who is... One hundred percent, you're doing the right thing. Right. So having an ancestral sibling who is is amazing, and I'm yeah. so happy for you.
1: That so is so th- cool.
0: Thank you, Nancy, for writing
1: that part of the book. Because like when I saw that table, I was like, a young adolescent kid boy, probably. Oh my gosh, like that's my you know little brother that was never born. So would he
0: have been older than you or younger? No, he you?
1: would have been younger. He would have been um, between my middle brothers. Okay, Esther so.
0: is the oldest of six, six? children. Yes. Oh, Esther, I love that.
2: This is what what I love about this too, is that you don't have to know. I mean, okay. Mm-hmm. So how did you know? It was your the brotherhood miss who had miscarried, who had so, been so- miscarried. Did that just like come into your brain?
1: Um. Well, it, I in um. The Memento Mori Oracle deck. It just it has like a brother card, and I drew oh. the brother card, and I was like, "But I don't have like a dead brother, you know." At first, it because my brothers are living, they're fine, that sort of thing, and it, specifically, it was for brother. They're and,
0: pains in the ass, but they're <laughs>
1: fine. Yeah, um, and so so then I was like, "Oh wait, I do," and then that's when kind of the Page of Cups made sense. Yeah. It kind of so like was, was simultaneous. Affirming. Yeah, it was a yeah. simultaneous sort of like, oh my gosh, that's that's why I've been getting so much young energy every time I pull ancestor cards. And I haven't recognized it because, you know, I was so young when it happened and it was kind of a traumatic event in my house that it was kind of not that it wasn't spoken of again, but it was it was like blocked almost for a while. So like, remembering, like, oh, yeah, that's right. This happened. He wants to come forward and speak was, like, very affirming with this page of cups.
0: So I love that. I love that. Yeah, I love that so much. And, and that's you know, really I hope that
2: people give themselves permission to experience stuff like this. And yeah. whether, whether it's flipping a card that says grandfather or brother or... And, mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be brother brother from this life it could have been brother brother from some other life Uh, and I I mean when I was writing the book I flipped a card and just like boom in my head I saw a tombstone I had visited probably 10 15 years ago Mm. and I I knew without a doubt who that was that was it was a night card I knew who it was -hmm. But you know, you just have to give yourself permission to be open to, okay, I'm ready. Tell me who that is.
0: Right. Yeah. And I actually think so. At the very beginning, it's like within the first freaking 20 pages of the book, there's a whole section about which ancestors want to be worked with. Mm -hmm. And I think that that helps with people who really don't know where to start, which I would count myself among that sort of mentality about it. I'm so incredibly grateful that Esther is having these experiences and getting so much clarity. And I've never felt that. And so the idea of doing a spread, a tarot spread, or an Oracle spread or runes or whatever works best for you to be like, and do ancestors of blood need my attention, do ancestors of place mm-hmm. need my attention, do ancestors of time need my attention. And then you can kind of move on from there because the book is so filled with all these excellent spreads. They are not trapped. Like you can move throughout it. Right. But it at least gives you an entry point into ancestor work in a way that I think a lot of other books about ancestor work assume you're already entering it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this one is like, so if you don't even know where to start, how about try this? Which is amazing, Nancy. And you're giving everyone such a gift with that because I do think that people are uncomfortable with ancestor work if it's not something that they're that com- that familiar with.
2: Well, and they're they're uncomfortable if they had a really crummy childhood.
0: Right? It, well, especially that way, yeah. You know? And we have so many listeners who really relate to Esther and her family's sort of more evangelical, very conservative Christian background. Like, my family is, like, Episcopalian, like, (laughs) more like sort of, I guess, like, liberal, mainstream American Christianity. And so I don't have the same experiences that Esther has, but a lot of our listeners do have similar experiences Mm -hmm. where they're trying to, like, shoulder their way out of a lot of trauma. And so ancestral stuff can feel so stressful because you're basically and a more simplified version that isn't in your book, which is so much more helpful and a little bit more complex. If you're thinking about it in terms of like, I can't bring this person into my own personal life then that's doing a disservice. And the book is helping you figure out ways to bring in ancestors that want the best for you. And you don't have to be as concerned about like if they're corporeal forms in the version of themselves that you knew is supportive or not, because that's not what the book is about. It's about everyone else.
2: I, I, I totally agree with you. And, you know, if you have a very conservative family, I know that you don't want to go say, oh, I talked to this dead uncle <laughs> last <Yeah>. night. <laughs> I, I totally get that. But as you said, Holly, this the book does give you other ways to go in. It gives mm-hmm. you other open doors.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I love that because so many times with when I've done ancestral research and ancestral you know, read other ancestral books, it's always very focused on like immediate, you know, family within your bloodline. And I love that if you're not ready to deal with your immediate blood family yet, you have other options of inclusivity and you can start there. And you don't need to be like pigeonholed into this one specific way where, yes, eventually I think as you do this ancestral work, that will open up naturally, but you don't need to feel like you have to start there with like this big scary thing. Right.
2: Right. Right. And because for some people who had really traumatic or abusive growing up, doing ancestor work can seem super scary. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to relive any of that crap. Mm -hmm. Um, So start with an ancestor of another life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love, I mean, honestly, seriously, Nancy, that's the thing that I think makes this book so special is that I have not seen anything Mm -hmm. relating to that because not only is it like past lives but it's ancestors of that past life and that's that additional level of allowing yourself to experience the world around you it's not just like what was my past life what was that like where was i what was i doing but more so Who were the people around me? And that's such a strong and underutilized position for this sort of work.
2: Right. And if you really, really want to dig deep, you'll start asking if somebody close to you in that life is with you in this life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And are you guys repeating the same type of relationship? Is there uh, that? I mean, seriously, there are so many paths you can take into ancestral work. -hmm. You know, I think the rest of my life I'll probably be trying finding new ones.
0: Yeah, so cool. And I, I mean, I, I love. I, I don't know. I'm just so into it. Like, I want you to do that for the rest of your life, and I want you to come on this podcast like once every other month to talk to us about (laughs) new things that you're realizing. Yeah, because it is. I just, it's so easy for us to have such literal views of what that means. Mm -hmm. But like, I don't know. I like. This is like my own sort of woo-woo thing, but as far as we know, we have one chance as human beings on this planet. And if we have more, that's freaking great. And I truly do think that I've had other chances on this planet and some of them have been more (laughs) successful than other things, but why would I not want that? Like the father there or the uncle there or whatever, who I can see so clearly and my own idea of my past life, which Esther knows all about. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I've talked about it. Have I talked about the podcast? I don't after? think you have. I don't think okay. you have. Yeah. I have like a very clear view of a past life and those people who are all in that, in, in the middle of nowhere with me, just like trying to make sure that people didn't die on long journeys. Like <laughs> those people should be here with me now. Why wouldn't I let them be if they want to be? Why wouldn't yeah. they be? Yeah. Why wouldn't exactly? You're exactly right, Nancy. Why wouldn't they be only because of the limitations of my current imagination. And I mm-hmm. can let go of that. I can decide to let go of that and let ancestral, people in from past lives and then be stronger because of it.
2: You know, I've experienced the whole past life thing in in several places. I've been, but I'll tell you this. My mom lived to be 95 and my mother was very tuned in to past lives and Mm -hmm. future lives. And in the month before she passed away, she started describing to me a past life she'd had, and it was so massively detailed. It's like, yeah, mom, I I was there with you. I know that one. So mm-hmm. I I I I know I know that we repeat things and we repeat with people, because as she was getting ready to transition, she said, "I'll wait for you." Mm. Oh my gosh! And I said, "Mom, I hope you've got a really really long wait." <laughs> i'm not ready i'm not ready to go anywhere
0: yeah i need you to give me at least 30 to 40 years but that's fine but
2: you know uh it is it is true and um i just know that i've seen i see spirits especially if i'm working a lot on doing these readings i see spirits a lot i know i know that it's there yeah Yeah. So.
0: And I don't want to like keep you for the whole night because it's a Friday night. I'm sure you have other stuff to be doing, but I don't know. I just feel like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I have always struggled so much with ancestral stuff. And I feel like this book really helped me get to a point where I got it suddenly. Mm-hmm.
2: You know what, what's really interesting and, and I can only go by the feedback I've gotten over the past month because the book's only been out about a month. Is people take such different pathways? There are the people who really want to work through the abusive family. There's I got an email today from somebody who wanted to break the pattern of addiction in his family, and he and in him, and it was so heartfelt. I was like, oh my god! And then there are people who only want to work on past life. People, I mean, yeah. it, there is a pathway in for everybody.
0: For everybody, yeah. there
2: really is.
0: So the only one that we haven't spent a lot of time on is place, but I also really feel relating. I feel like I relate really heavily to the ancestors of place. So if you're comfortable with it, I'd love to talk about that more.
2: Sure. And, and you know, I think it weaves in sometimes with ancestors of time yeah. be, because uh, when I, I was in Scotland and I was in this castle and, and I knew I'd lived there. So
0: Oh, oh Nancy, <laughs> Yeah. Esther knows this about me. The first time I went to Scotland, I had a moment where we were on this long road trip and I had this moment where I was like, yeah, I know this place. I've mm-hmm. been here before. This is a place that I am yeah. very intimately familiar with. Okay. So is that a past
2: life or is that an, an ancestor of place? It's both. It can yeah. be both. Yeah. So uh, do, do you guys watch Outlander by any
0: chance? I've seen it. Yes. So I, both of us love romance. That is like the thing that needs to be said because we both would have been into outlander, but I found it too upsetting because I think actually, honestly, on retrospect, the ancestor of time thing messed with me so much that I couldn't find it fun because it was stressing me out too much. (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) That makes sense. I get that. Yeah. (laughs) Because it should have been up my alley, and I couldn't deal with it. Uh, the
2: <laughs> reason I ask you is because the castle I was in mm-hmm. was a, one of the filming locations for Outlander. Ooh, and, and okay. I mean, I was there a long time ago, but it was like, oh, yeah, I know that place. I've, I've, yeah. been, I've been there. I've been in that door. Um, it is just so interesting, the places we are so familiar. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And I do actually, I, I find it really interesting that you said I've been in that door because that is exactly, almost every single time, the situations where I've had these intense moments of recognition have been in those, like, transitory doorway types of situations. Absolutely. Where I've been, like, on a staircase and I've suddenly realized I've been on that staircase before or whatever. And it's so alarming but also affirming. Like, it isn't scary, but mm. it is alarming.
2: You know, though, you can, I, I'll give you two examples. And I know, uh, for people who aren't into past lives, they probably sound freaky, but who cares? <laughs> it's right? Fine. It's, okay. our podcast it's your a. podcast. <laughs> it's okay. So I do a lot of travel in the, the history of the West. Mm-hmm. And I was at this place in Oklahoma where there had been this massacre of Cheyenne Indians. And I walked down this hill and I kept looking back over my shoulder to see the car Mm
0: -hmm. because
2: I was, I was, I knew if I took one wrong step, I would be, go through a door and I'd be there. I'd be there. I was in a second place. This time I was with my sister and we were in North Dakota. And you know that out in the country, those cattle grapes. Yes Uh uh-huh
0: to prevent cows from walking so for those of you who don't know it's like (laughs) usually a grate and a road to prevent cows from wandering between properties yeah
2: exactly so i stopped the car and i said i'm afraid if i drive across that grate, i'm gonna be back 200 years Hmm. because
0: it's another one of those areas of doorway yeah i had that same experience walking to williamsburg
1: um, like literally like the Williamsburg area, there was like this moment of like, if I step, once I step over this, like I'm going to be going back in time. Like there was that visceral experience, that physical like momentum in your body, in my body, at least yes. walking to, you know, Williamsburg.
2: Well, so. but I mean, I get it. I've been to Williamsburg. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And I mean, not only is the place looks like it did in the 1700s, mm-hmm. all the people do. Yeah, uh, but there are places that I swear are portals through yeah. To, yeah. to a different time, just like an outlander, and it freaks out your head.
0: But mm-hmm. it's like,
2: I don't want I'm sorry, I don't want to go back 200 years.
0: No, I know. No, I don't want
2: to <laughs> walk into the middle of a battle. I don't no, you know.
0: Right. And I so like one. So this is maybe ancestor of blood and also ancestor of place. But my dad's family is from Greece. And one time we were visiting my dad's cousins in Greece. I was like 19 and we went to the Acropolis and then we went to the Agora, which is like the, um, like I guess like market stall area and it's closed to tourists, but they're doing a lot of research there. And I had a high school, high school teacher who was researching there. And anyway, we walked into this Agora, which is all of these like little stands where they would normally sell stuff. And I had a similar experience where I was like, I I'm going to stay here. Like, you, mm. mom, dad, brother, sister, go ahead. I'm going to stay here because it was almost like a panic reaction. Yeah. Like, if I go deeper into this, I will maybe not be able to get out of it. Like, and this is something I've <laughs> never told anyone before. And I'm sure my mom and sister who are listening to this are like, you should have just told us. We would have been totally fine with it. But it was <laughs> kind of that same reaction of like, I'm not really safe here. Like, mm-hmm. I feel nervous, but for literally no reason, there's no one here except for my own family and mm-hmm. this old high school teacher. But my brain was doing this thing where it was like, you've been here before. And if you keep going, it's suddenly going to be filled with people and animals and grains and like stuff. And it's going to be so chaotic and you're not going to be safe.
2: Well, and you know, the, this the fear is you can't get back. Right. That's the fear. I, is, if I walk over this cattle grate, man, I'm never coming home again.
0: Yeah, and that's something that I didn't ever consider ancestral work, but it makes one hundred percent. If you f- make it makes one hundred percent sense if you frame it as this is ancestors of time and space.
1: Right.
2: That's why I said the whole field is so complex, and I feel like the book is kind of a one hundred one a starting Mm -hmm. place. God knows where I'm going to end up, but,
0: um, I I, I will be there with you. Well, thank you.
2: (laughs) But I think those places that you're talking about are places that we, we did live there. We, we know the place and there was
0: something that was
2: dangerous because we Mm -hmm. did not want to go back through that door. Just
0: even for me, because I'm such a like isolation person, it's just crowdedness. I don't want to deal with the crowds of the places.
2: (laughs) Well, and yeah, but you probably were there. I'm sure that you were, you wouldn't have had, you wouldn't have that feeling. Mm. And I'll tell you one other thing. And, um, again, I was with my sister. We went to this, uh, well, I would say Anasazi ruins, but they don't like Anasazi today. It's Ancestral Pueblin. We went to this mm. ruins. There was this narrow trail a- along the canyon rim, and I was walking. My sister was behind me, and we could hear somebody running up the trail behind us, so we stepped off the trail, uh-huh. and nobody was there. Mm. Oh, wow. So you know that we were tapping into something,
0: and your sister isn't like somebody who normally or is she somebody who would normally be like sensing ancestral ties yeah she's
2: she's the one that that for Christmas Eve for several several years in a row her Christmas tree lights would start blinking on Christmas Eve <laughs> so she she knew who for her who that was so no um, she's she's very tuned in to it as well okay. uh, I just think she's not as I don't think she'll listen to this podcast so I can say this <laughs> uh I don't think she's uh embraces it to the extent I do, but yeah. she's but she's certainly tuned in
0: yeah, yeah. Esther has twin sisters, and my sister and I are like three and a half years apart. we share everything we're so in tune with how we're always feeling. she's a yeah. little bit more like. She has an Aries rising, so she's a little bit more like, like mad at stuff. Spunky, <laughs> yeah, she's a little spunky. bit more spunky. Uh, um, okay, but is she? So, but then meanwhile, Esther has twin sisters—not her own twins, but they are twins with each other. And when Esther told. Her, And Esther, feel free to cut this as much as you want to. Uh But when Esther told, Esther only told her family about her not being evangelical Christian when we published the book. Mm -hmm. Like when the pre-orders became available, Nancy, that's when Esther had to tell her family that she was no longer an evangelical Christian. Second week in January this year? Yeah. 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 So Esther had created this whole persona, not even created this whole persona. Esther was living as herself and her family didn't know for years and years and Mm -hmm. years. I feel like one of her sisters is fully about to step into this world with us. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah, I think she is. The women in my family have always, like, even even though we don't, my family really didn't believe, our branch of Christianity didn't believe, like, in prophecy or seeing the future, things like that, the women always had a very strong intuitive sense and a very (laughs) strong, like, profiting sort of, like... Instinct about us, strength yeah. about us. Like the, all of the women are like that. In my family who very strong. Even though we we grew up in the patriarchy, we're very strong,
0: bullheaded but, women. But, but I think that that's I the interesting thing, thing is that as sisters, I feel like at least one of your sisters is going to join you here.
1: I think I think it will happen eventually. I think it will take like just because I just know the climate of my family environment at the moment. It's going to take a little bit of um time to kind of break some things but i think because at this moment i don't think they've researched who i am exactly they yeah haven't that's looked true the book they or know like that. that you they, have a
0: they know you, know you have a, a paypal account that is <laughs> right. associated with tarot <laughs> but they haven't
1: really it, like i've had friends that have investigated my new identity my new identity my who i am now more than my family seems to have um because it's very much like denial like sort of Environment, So I think eventually once they r- realize and once doors are open and conversations like honest conversations start happening, it could definitely take place because that is already in like when you say magical ancestors, like I know the women there's women in my family who are magical and have been magical. And, um, and I don't necessarily believe you're born a witch or anything like that, but like you said, magical ancestry exists.
0: Um, So that's from your rejection to the idea of ancestral (laughs) witches being stronger than people who choose or who recognize it within themselves and have to adapt right right so it, so but
1: I I it's more of just like some people just are like I'm born a witch no one asked me which that's what I'm kind of coming out against um I don't think that's necessarily the case <laughs> that but I know, I do think that it.
0: that kind of relates back to what Nancy's saying of like mm-hmm. anyone has that within them it's just like whether or not you can see it yeah see so you did tap into it yeah so.
2: true plus if you go back go back four or five generations And somebody that I would consider magical is somebody who might be a folklorist uh, Mm -hmm. or herbalist or a healer or, you know, it it just depends on if they could do healing with herbs, are they magical? Well, I think they are. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Can somebody make sure that people who miscarry don't die? Does that make (laughs) them a witch? You know? Yeah, there are so many things about ancestral work that to me feel like bucking sort of mainstream patriarchal views of what people should be able to do. Mm-hmm. Any internal wisdom is sort of like anti-patriarchy. Isn't that weird though? Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, it's incredibly messed up.
2: It totally is, and it—I mean, it totally is. Mm. I wanted to write, you know, I write a column for the Carter Mancer magazine. Yes. And uh, I was having a conversation with two of my men friends who live about a mile from me. Uh, they're married to each other. And we were mm-hmm. saying, how many straight men do tarot? Yeah. And, and we came up with a few, but not many. And we were trying to figure out why that is, because we're all intuitive. Mm-hmm. It's just this cultural bullshit, yeah, that yeah. keeps I think a lot of men out of this field. Which is, mm-hmm. you know, I'm kind of going far afield of what of what we started talking about. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. We
0: both feel very strongly about yes. this having having ma- male friends who are into tarot and the very. F- like every single one of our male friends who's into tarot is gay. Not a single one of them is straight.
2: And and I'm, you know, I mean, I love my friends, and I'm I'm so happy they're into tarot because we can sit down and talk, and they have a very different viewpoint than I do. Oh yeah. And, and mm-hmm. I I appreciate that. It it gives us fuller meaning to the work we're all doing. So mm-hmm. anyway, that's that's my soapbox about. Yeah. Guys, come out and.
0: I know. Well, that's yeah. the thing is that if other people are doing it, we want to hear from you. And I know that it's probably weird to put yourself out there, but also like there's a spot in the tarot community for men who, you know, like there's just a spot for men and it's easy to like, because all of us are maybe more comfortable with talking about the stuff that's like less than scientific or literal. Mm-hmm. It makes Because of the patriarchy, it makes men feel less comfortable with sharing that stuff, but we still there's still a spot for you. We still want to hear that sort of thing.
2: Absolutely. So call (laughs) 1-800.
0: Yeah, exactly. Now I'm, like, suddenly selling something. (laughs) I can't (laughs) help it. (laughs) Email us. We want to hear from you. And actually, honestly, like, we do hear from listeners every single week, and not many of them are straight men. Yeah. Which is fine, but also, like, I would never want like my brother or my partner to suddenly like not feel like they could be part of the exploration of what their past lives were like, just because that's not something that straight men do. Like, I want to, I still want to know how these other people in our lives feel about stuff.
2: Exactly. And you know, I look at my older brother is, is, well, he's very conservative and, but he doesn't, you know, he accepts me for who I am and doesn't, you know, he, he read my book and, (laughs) and he said, I really liked what you wrote. So that's cool. Now, so my other brother is much more accepting, but he's the brother who for years has said, he said, I remember waiting to be born. Hmm. So he is much more accepting. It's just, you know, it's just, are, are they in a situation where it feels safe enough to share?
0: Right. Yeah. And my brother also said stuff like that when he was younger and now he's, you know, 30. He's less <laughs> open to that sort of thing. But when he was like a little kid, he used to talk about the person he used to be all the time.
2: Absolutely. That's so common with kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: It's just, it's just so hard to like encourage that. And I think that that's like one of the cool things about just to circle back to the book is that it's basically saying, if you're having those things, you're not wrong. Like Mm -hmm. you should explore that further. And I think that that's what makes it so strong as a book in general is that you're not saying like, well, you're wrong and here's the way to look at it. You're saying, here are all these ways to look at it and find one that works for you. Absolutely. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely.
2: And thank you. Thank you for, I'm glad you guys like it. It makes me happy.
0: Oh no. I mean I'm sorry to say it Nancy but you're not going to be able to get rid of us okay. from now on <laughs> oh, cool.
2: Exactly. Cool. knock on my door at any time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: uh, the minute that we're going to like show up on your front door literally and be like okay uh, we rented a hotel room down the road and now we're staying here for two to three weeks okay <laughs> we're
1: going to go out for burgers oh, God, we're going to yes. just yeah. have a good time after our vaccines yeah got it
2: yes I finally got my vaccines both of them thank god and yes so it's still crazy out there but yeah it's getting better
0: it is getting better and seriously thank you so much for chatting with us I can't believe you made Esther cry that never happens never
2: sorry Esther and if
0: you need okay if you
2: need to cut it
0: Cut it. Oh, no, it's no, OK. No, no. I didn't overshare it. I'm not going to let okay. her. I will not let Esther cut that because I cry all the time. It's like my second favorite thing on the planet. I love crying.
1: And Holly loves when it when I do cry because she she just loves tears. So
0: it's OK. <laughs> I just feel I'm, I'm like I am a Taurus sun, Capricorn moon and rising, but also with all of this freaking Gemini in the like second tier of positions. All I want is for people to feel like they can connect to you, Aster. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, we got that today, I think. So.
0: <laughs>
2: yes, uh, I think so, too. And thank you. This has been so cool. So uh, I will tell you, we'll do this again one day. Yes. Yay. Uh, I'm working on and I, I don't know how to share this on a podcast. So you guys That's can okay. you guys can figure it out. <laughs> okay, okay. I was, you just say it and we'll okay. figure it out i was uh, i had this idea for a tarot spread to see i have okay it's like my issue is how can i consistently do healthy things mm-hmm. mm. okay so my question is is there a past life pattern dear ancestors help me with this so i created a tarot spread i went over to my friend fred's and said let me try this on you so, mm-hmm. so we're trying to, to see how to make it work. But since we're podcasting, not visual, I don't know how to do it.
1: That's okay. If you just say, the well, like, yeah, tell me say the position and we'll
0: draw it up and then I'll we'll yeah. make a little, I'll make a graphic little graphic and then we'll share it with you and you can share it on your page. Oh,
2: cool. Cause then we can, I can show people how to get the information. And how to work through the
0: problem. Yeah. So how many positions are there in the spread? 10. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. I've got long paper here somewhere. Oh, wait. Actually, so Esther, keep all of this in it. One of the interesting things that Nancy also talks about is how spreads are traditionally laid out left to right just like straightforward mm-hmm. whatever but you right. need to keep doing them until you figure out what structure you'd like them to be in yes that is important with ancestor work and nancy i don't think i've ever heard anyone express that in a way that made as much sense as in your book oh thank mm-hmm. you
2: thank you yeah so i much.
0: love that too
2: thank you so much so i'm gonna send you guys like a picture of the spread i'm working on okay and then then you can figure out from there Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Totally.
0: I want to hear all the positions though beforehand.
2: Well, that's the tricky part. So you'll. Have oh. to,
0: you'll <laughs> okay. Uh, we'll have
2: to have another conversation about it. Yeah.
0: We're okay. free whenever works for you. Just let us know. <laughs> okay. I cool. want. I can't wait to see it. Okay. I know. Me too. Super excited. Alrighty. But we appreciate you listening. If you have any questions for us, go ahead and go to wildlytarotpodcast or wildlytarot where you can find a form with which to submit questions we appreciate those we will answer them yep and you can
1: follow us on instagram that's you oh uh, nope i'm looking at a very old very old outline that has very I'm not different looking
0: at anything so good luck esther this like good luck me oh recorded in my evening i probably know in a year yeah <laughs>
1: um we have a i just remember we have a red bubble shop in discord and you can find those in our show you notes. You skipped the Facebook group. Oh, and the Facebook group. We have a good, cool Facebook group, too. So social medias are there. Instagram, Facebook find us yes
0: and our discord server is super fun esther yeah. and i check it way too infrequently but the people who are there are amazing it yeah a good community it is cool super cool people and you can as esther said also get certified with tarot reading with the wildly tarot certification if you go to redbubble.com and i think that's basically it right yeah so go forth and tarot wildly we love it. yeah go forth and tarot wildly we <laughs> love you so much so much love So much
1: (laughs) aggressive love.